This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Glory to God. I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16. The, one of the two scriptures we are looking at as our foundation this morning. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on, on that behalf. If any man suffer, that's what the Bible says. <laughs> let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Then let's read uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 29. For unto you, this is a very important scripture. Unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to, hallelujah, when you believe in Jesus and you don't suffer for Jesus, they, you, it's not a balanced equation. Now the Bible is saying that unto you it is given on behalf of Christ, not only to believe. So firstly, we believe, but beyond believing, we also suffer for his name. Hallelujah. So um, I think first service, like I said, the other, the other part of faith, that when you don't understand the kingdom, from this perspective, you don't have the balanced view of Christianity. It's not about blessing alone. At times, we suffer for his name. We suffer for doing the right things. If we don't teach these people, the uh, people of God, this aspect, missionary Christians cannot rise among Christians. And people will not be able to stand outside there where they need to take a stand for Jesus. Believers have been sacked for the name of Christ. Believers have lost relationship for the name of Christ. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. And these are the deeper things of Christianity. The person that translated the Bible to English language was bound on post for doing so. It is given on behalf we, we, we need to let people know this, that it is not complete when you believe in Jesus, but you must also suffer. Now, I'm not saying death necessarily. Only few Christians will die compared to the general number. But in what we do every day, many times we walk away from comfort for the name of Jesus Christ. At times, we are deprived of sleep for the name of Jesus Christ. If you don't know faith from this perspective, you don't fully understand faith. I get what I'm saying. Yes, so now, the chronicles of people of faith in the Bible is in Hebrews chapter 11. I want to show you something different. You know, we talk about the good parts, but we forget this part. So let's read Hebrews 11. You know, by faith, they crossed the sea from the beginning by faith. Uh, this one by faith. All those ones are very sweet. But the Bible kept going on. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho came down. After they compassed it about seven days. So when they surrounded the world seven days, it was an act of faith. Well applauded. Everybody say faith. Say positive side. Let's move on. By faith, Rahab the Alot, by bringing in those spies, the Bible calls what she did, faith. So she survived by faith. Next verse. And what more shall I say? Time will fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah and of David and Samuel and of the prophets who through faith subdue kingdoms. 
So there is power in our faith. The Bible said this is the victory that overcomes the world, even your faith. Our faith can subdue kingdoms. Wonderful. It's part of your faith. Rot righteousness. Obtain promises. Stop the mouth of lion. That must talk about Daniel. Stop. That must be Daniel. So our faith can stop the mouth of lions. From time to time, there will be lions and Goliath in your office. Your faith will bring them down. Now, that's what the Bible is saying. But some quench violence, viol violence of fire. That must be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So when there is fire facing a child of God, your faith can actually quench the fire. Fantastic. Still on the positive side. Some escape the edge of sword. Kidnappers cannot kidnap you because you have faith of our Lord Jesus Christ in you. You will always escape the edge of sword. Out of weakness, we are made strong. We can stand on the word of God and receive health for our bodies. We can even get to a point where you don't fall sick at all. Your faith can do that. But, you know, so they were valiant in fight. Turn to fly the armies of the aliens. So your faith can actually cause demons to flee and overcome the world. So people already know this, that faith can do all these things. But what majority of the church don't know is the other side that we'll start with right now. Women receive their dead race to life. So our faith can raise a dead body, a dead situation, a dead finances. Your faith can raise it. But the Bible says others were tortured. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. That they may obtain what? A better resurrection. So some rejected deliverance because of their faith. Now the Bible says, verse 36, and this is very important. Others had what? Let's say it together. Mockings, scourges, yeah, bonds and imprisonment. Let's go on. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with Saul. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Next verse. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens, in caves. Next verse. Wait. How many of them? So both those who brought their dead back to life. Those who escaped the edge of the sword. Those who shot the mouth of lion. And those who were tortured. Who were destitute. Who walked in the wilderness. Those who were killed by sword. The Bible says all these obtained a good report by faith. So all of them were men of faith. Is that true? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Some were killed. Some prophets were killed in the Old Testament and Stephen was killed also for standing for what he believed. Says some were sown asunder. They were caught into two. That was prophet Isaiah. Manasseh killed Isaiah by putting him between two logs of wood and they sawed him into two. That was how Isaiah died. Now the Bible says some went through that and they were all people of faith. Why do we share a message like this? Number one, because of what the Bible says that it is given. When we get to heaven, what matters are the scars that you have suffered for the name of Jesus. They earn you trophies in heaven. Comfort hangs you nothing. Hallelujah. Amen. Those who truly love him will suffer for him. Amen. Amen. Not everybody will be told to go die in a village. I've said the only people will do that. But in every day, how we deprive ourselves of the things that we could have enjoyed for the name of Jesus. This is why guys out there don't understand. When we have needs, myriads of needs around us, and we are giving everything in church, they cannot understand. It is because we've been trained. 
We've been trained to let go of comforts. We can't plan like others and say this is what we do. No. Hallelujah. They cannot understand when we have ethic and we are still going to evangelism. They cannot understand when you are not feeling fine, you are still in church. Because if you want to make it comfortable, the Bible says, woe unto them that at ease in Zion. The work is so huge. The time is so short. There is no comfort. And when God is sure of this, he commits so much resources into your hands. If your heart is not attached to it, most of the missionaries that brought the gospel here died here without getting back home. We see, Lagos Christian, we have to be very careful. Too much comfort. Hallelujah. And you know, when we accept to understand this kind of message, when you are sad, why are you sad? I, I, I pray for God to give me a job for three months. This is the third month now. If I'm not serving God again. So you are trying to, he says, the way it's going, I won't even serve God again. So you think the Almighty is angels. Ah, we are in trouble. She won't serve us. Let us, let us, let us, let us quickly. Are you following me? It is because we haven't been told things like this. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we don't choose the, uh, when we get to the root of this message, which might not be today, you will need to ask God to tell you how you spend your every day. At some levels, maybe babes level, when you are a baby in Christ, that is when you write for God. Who do you want to marry? 7.5 feet tall, dark or gray. You write all those things for God. And you want him to, you are commanding him, the kind of man that I want. If I let him not be too dark, in between. <laughs> you are saying that in prayer, Lord. <laughs> and the guy is saying that, Lord, I want this kind of, you know, at some other levels, you begin to ask God what kind of woman he wants you to marry. That is when he has become the Lord of your life. And you know that you check everything with him because you make it. You get to a point, you have lost your will to the will of the master. It is only what he wants that you want. Are you with me? The foundation on which we stand, that many people can call upon the name of Jesus. Oh, I wish not all the missionaries who came here, who prayed, survived. Some died of sickness, but they brought the gospel. Some wanted to cross river from one village to another. They are both capsized and they died. But the message did not die. Why some, they are both capsized. Some, supernaturally, they were lifted by God, but not all of them. John was thrown into the oil. He didn't die, but Stephen died. Peter died. We must get to a point to understand what is really... See, this is why I said it first time, and it is what... When I got born again, these were the things they taught us. That my parents, as a 14-year-old boy, I, I grew up in Sele, and for going to a Pentecostal church, they told me that my father was not like that. I mean, simple family, a loving man. But I was so angry, I said, if you go to that fellowship again, don't even come back to this house. And I went, and I've been locked out before. This way, I remember, she, she's a doctor in Lagos, with Lagos State now. When her parents came up to beat her in, in school, and to beat up her teacher, who led her to Christ. They tore the entire, the teacher's uniform. Men, and I was talking in first service about this teacher, he chose teaching career because he wanted to reach out to some of us. Are you following me? Because he had a shop in town, in Abiyokuta, where they were selling turkey. And his shop was the best. But he chose to be a teacher because of the students. And there and night, this man's heart was with us. He raised people like us. Others reject deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. We are going to the same heaven with men like this. Who said bye-bye to comfort for the sake of the name of Jesus. 
We all pray in tongues right now. Helton came here and he didn't come to Lagos. As a white man, he went to Elisha. The first person to preach Holy Ghost baptism in Nigeria. He raised the Daosa and raised all the rape from Pastor Kumi. He raised all of them. Came from UK. And in UK, in the church where he was, he was pastoring. After several years of being a pastor, Jesus came to him one day and said, Healthy, my son, when will you start working for me? <laughs> the guy said, Lord, so who have I been working for? I mean, I've been preaching to people every now and then. He said, you've been doing your thing. Now, and he said, Lord, so what do you want from me? I want you to go to Nigeria. It got to Nigeria will be one of the greatest nations where the gospel will rise. And as at that time, there were no churches like we have in Nigeria, like we have in now. So the man came here. The man died there and they buried him in Malaysia. He said bye-bye. Now, the Bible said they were mindful of the city they came out from. They will return there. He said, but they were looking for a city that has foundation, whose maker and builder is God. He came here and he died there. What a man. This, this, this were people. The first traveling secretary of scripture, you know, God, when he finished the PhD in UI, he got a job with one of the best places you could ever imagine in UK. And as he was praying, the Lord told him the letter was coming from UK. They sent a white man to come and give him a letter and to tell him that, see, we really need you in that company. But as he was praying, Jesus showed him the letter and told him that, no, stay back here. So he stayed. When the white man came, he told the white man that the Lord said, I should not go with you. And the white man started laughing, all you religious fanatics, and he said, I will show you something. He told the man what was inside the letter because he had seen it in a vision. He read the letter and the terms and condition word for word without opening the envelope. The white man broke down his knee and said, Jesus Christ, I need you. See, mighty power manifests when we're in the place we ought to be. And Jesus is looking for that song, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Yes, soldiers of the cross, lift up his royal banner, it's most. I know Christians who are afraid of being attacked even on social media. So they avoid talking about anything religious. That's what I say. No. Now, some people might, as a matter of fact, some might just say they don't, maybe they go preach, they don't, but, so uh, it's not everybody. But for some, it's just the fear of if I stand anybody way. Oh, from victory unto victory, Sammy shall till every foe he and Christ is Lord in the. There's a stanza that says that if while you sleep he suffers, Yea, that are men now serving against unnumbered foes, press into the mighty conflicts. These are the last days. This is the mistake. It is when the church departed from messages like this that we started telling people to come out to the altar for class blessing. So the church needs a building, fine. The church wants to buy instrument, fine. The church needs 30 million. So he said, those who contribute 1 million, if you give 1 million, first class blessing. So first class prayer. <laughs> Without knowing that, the story of widows might taught us. What did Jesus teach in that story? God looks at proportion. Percentage. So if somebody has 100 million and he gives 1 million, men will applaud the person because 1 million looks big. But if somebody has 10,000 and he gives 5,000, in the sight of God, the 5,000 gave more. Is that understood? She gave half. He gave just 1%. So when we say first class blessing for those, that means we are looking at size externally. But you are not looking at art. So God does not look at how much you give. He looks at how much remains to determine the value of your giving. So they don't look, he doesn't look at the size of what you are giving. He looks at the size of what is remaining. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So all those things came because we started having people in the church that the heart is here to be dealt with. 
That's why some of them after they give and then no result, they get angry and go on social media and start attacking churches. You know, all those things. You know the reason? We are forgetting the major issue. When people's hearts are dealt with, when they understand the lordship of Jesus that they and everything they have belongs to him, they by themselves will listen to what God wants them to do without anybody talking to anybody. Moses made one call for offering the wilderness. In the wilderness, they gave surplus. He told them to stop giving. In the wilderness. Have you, are, are you with me? These were slaves. They reasoned. So the church, in those days, nobody needed to preach to anybody. I remember in hundred level, we would get to school and we would drop our lawi. They forced money. They forced salary. Federal government paid me as a copper. I gave it to NCCM. Nobody, they did not tell me to give. It's, 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 it's part of us. When we go on the other situation, we're trained that way. We will ask somebody, ah, you will feel guilty at times. If the hug was too much. What's the, what's the, what's the question? Is it right to kiss in Koshima? It's all those things. So we, we need to go back to, we don't give people formulas, rules, and regulations. No. When people are debt, they make the rules by themselves. You just begin to tell yourself what you will do and what you can do. Are you following me? Because there is something. Oh, you have captured my heart. Consume with your love. I just want to show you one soldier. Just one soldier. Second Samuel 23. And this is my last scripture. Second Samuel 23. We talked about Epaphroditus for service. Who was sick? Paul talked about him in Philippians chapter 2. For the work of God. He wanted to reach out to people. He became sick. Paul said that for the work of Christ, he suffered. Now, let's look at this guy. This gentle giants. I want to show you this guy's story. Second Samuel 23 shows us how God at times measures what we cannot see. Now, let's start from around that verse 8 or so. The Bible is talking about these are the names of the mighty men of David. The men that David had. Techmonites. Tech, tech that sat in his sea. Chief among the captains. The same was Adino the Esnite. He lifted up his spear against 800 and he slew them once. Wow! 800 men once. One man. Look, if your neighbor is a man, you start to look at him. <laughs> You'll be man. <laughs> One man. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> After him, Eliza, you know, they defy Philistine, they get out to battle. But, but this one, Philistine captured them somewhere. Everybody ran away. But the guy stayed. One man. Verse 10. He rose and smote the Philistine until his hand was weary and his hand claimed to the sword. When he finished fighting, he got to me, tried to drop the sword. His sword stayed. Oh, what? <laughs> Am I right? So, no, one man. Let's go to the next one. After him, Shema, the Bible said there was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistine. But the guy stood there next verse and defended the land. He stood in the midst of the ground, defended and stood the Philistine, and the Lord wrought a great victory. The Bible is showing us what qualified them to be called mighty men. Men of exploits. Now, the Bible said that three of them went to David in time of harvest of the Philistine. Next verse. And David was in the garrison of Bethlehem. Next verse. Oh, great soldiers have lived. David longed and said, Oh, that one will give me to drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem. And next verse. And the three men break through the host of Philistine. You, you need to understand what happened there. He didn't send them. David grew up in Bethlehem, in Lord Bethlehem. He used to drink a particular water in Bethlehem. Then one day, after years of captivity, running from cave to cave, 
you know, he, he was anointed about 16, 17, when he was between 16 and 17. He became a king when he was 30. So 14, for 13 years, he was a, a figurative, running run around. So, you know, when he sat down, he just woke up one morning and said, that, Ah, I feel like drinking the water from Bethlehem. Just like many of you, when you travel abroad, you start thinking of moi moi and all those things that used to eat here. So, these three guys, the Bible said they broke through the garrison. The problem was, number one, Saul had declared them as terrorists. They were looking for them. Number two, between where they were camping and Israel, the Philistines had their barracks in between. So to go and fetch water for David will mean that you will, three of them will pass through a garrison, barracks, military barracks, to go and fetch the water and you come back through the same barracks. And provided Saul will not even catch you there. But you know what? David just said that I feel like drinking. This man did it. Later, if you read, when they brought the water to David, when he saw it, he poured it down. He said, God will cost me if I drink this water. He said, it will be like drinking this man's blood. Because he was shocked that you guys went to do this. Ah, he said, God will be angry with me if I drink. He just poured it as an offering to God. I cannot drink it. He said, you guys did what I would not do. Three of you. And he was like, how did you do it? You fought through a barracks you passed. You fed the water. You carried the water. And fought and did this spill. Oh, soldiers. But Jesus must have greater soldiers. People like Stephen, at the face of death, continue to preach until they killed him. You've heard many of the stories of missionaries. Some were killed as they were worshiping being killed. The soldiers killing them, so God converted. There was one, this is a very pathetic story. Oh, they asked them to stay inside a very, in Europe, somewhere like Phil also, a freezing water, and they were there. Renounced Jesus, and they left them there, and they were dying one by one. There was one who couldn't take the pain again, and he said, excuse me, and he asked him to come, and if you can, so he denied, he denied Jesus, and he came out. And as he was coming, the soldiers saw a vision. They saw that was tormenting them. He saw crowns on the heads of those who died, and he saw that this guy just left his crown. He told the king, I am replacing him. And he said, Jesus is Lord, and they just put him there and killed him. People who welcome death with, with a smile on their face. Everyone will stand up to welcome some Christians. How will they welcome you? There are Christians who do vigils. They don't have a problem. They do vigil interceding. They pray for the country. They pray for the service all over Nigeria. The number of Christians who pray between Saturday and Sunday morning for the service, maybe three, four, five percent. Some people woke up in the night to start praying. They are not the pastors. Lord, touch lives in the service. Save souls. And they will pray and pray. It started this way. Many years ago, in our estate, one of the first women to, to, to get born again, I that later her husband joined. When they were asking the husband, the husband said, they used to live abroad. Said she would be groaning in the night. Said, I said, I will be like there. Ah, serving Jesus. He didn't understand because they didn't have any problem. When Reverend Okote got born again, his friend called him. They organized money together. And calling for a meeting. They said that maybe it went bankrupt. Said, Sorry, Okote, what is the problem? We will help you. Imagine the normal, it was normal pop star in Nigeria then to be born again and to say bye bye to everything. Oh, Jesus Christ. He won't say this to everybody, definitely. There was a guy that got born again, used to be one of the smartest baseballers in America as a student. And Jesus said that he saw a vision of Jesus asking him to put all the baseball thing inside the coffee and to bury. When he woke up, he understood the meaning. Bye-bye to baseball. He doesn't say that to everybody. 
But we'll say that because it can allow some people you are a Christian, you are playing football, there's nothing wrong. There. But we'll say to some people. But the question is that the service will render unto God at what cost? That was what made me say that we offer to God what will cost me nothing. If I'm many times when I'm failing somehow, that is when I join them before where is the service to start arranging chairs. And we offer to God what costs me nothing. Oh, too many Christians only want to offer to God something that is easy. It doesn't touch the king. David understood that. The guy said, get the fuel for free. He said, no, I want to buy. When it comes to God, I must feel it in my heart what I'm doing for the king. Glory to God. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So this man did that. And David said, so the Bible said, their name entered the mighty man. But let's go down to verse, last verse. Yeah. Okay. Can you see? All of them, their exploits, they talk about what they did. But they just put, let's start from 38. Era and Hittites. Gerab and Hittites. Uriah the Hittite, 37 men in hall. They didn't say anything about what Uriah did. But his name entered the top 37 guys in the military. What ending? <laughs> because God looked at what those people did and said, fine. Uriah too did something like that, but much more. Uriah didn't kill 800 men. He didn't fetch water. But what earned Uriah that place is what you call faithfulness. Absolute loyalty. An undying passion for the things of the kingdom. What happened to Uriah? The king slept with his wife, wanted to make it look like it was Uriah that impregnated the woman, called him to come back home. And the guy came back home and the king gave him food and was jesting with him like a friend. And said, so Uriah, go to your house. Uriah slept at the door of the palace. And they told him that Uriah did not go home. David called him the following man and said, oh boy, why didn't you go home? And look at what Uriah said. His story is in 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel 11. He began to say to the king, ah, he said, Joab, my lord, is in the battle. Other soldiers are there fighting. He said, the Ark of Covenant is there. Your Excellency, you want me to go home, to eat, to sleep on my bed, and to have sex with my wife? That was what he said. He said, God forbid. The guy was not at the battlefront, yet his heart was playing the war. The king said, let's make a second attempt. They made the guy drunk. Of course, you couldn't say no to the king, so they're giving, he was drinking, he was drinking. Uriah got drunk. Even in his drunken state, he still didn't go. When they tapped him, he said the same thing. In his drunken state. Because they said that you'll do when you are drunk. What is already, what is already in your heart. It is true. When a man says that, I don't like beating her. I was drunk when I beat her. Beating her has been in your heart. That accord just helped you. Because if you're an Englishman, no matter the level of drink you've taken, you will not speak French correctly. <laughs> and if you are Yoruba, you can't drink and drink and drink and start speaking Igbo. Because Igbo is not in you. That's true. When you are rude to somebody and say, because I'm drunk, you, you, you have been playing it in your heart. That one that will give you a piece of my mind. The aqua just helps you. No, it's a spirit. It energizes. So like, you just, you know, you just, so, so that's it. Hallelujah. So what is not inside cannot be called out. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Yes, 
Uriah said no. When he was staggering like this, the guy got out. They said, that's the way to your house. My house? No. I'm not going. And that pain, David said, let's, let's kill this guy. And you know, as if that was not enough, his execution letter was given to him. He was the one that took it to the captain. And you know, in those times, they might not seal the letter. He was the one that carried his own execution letter and he delivered to Joab. And Joab read the letter. He said, put Uriah where the battle is very hot. Now, that was not the problem. Facing a very hot battle is not the problem. It was the second instruction. This is why the unity of the brethren is powerful. He says, set him where the battle is hottest and withdraw from him. That was the problem. So fighting at the hottest part of the battle, no matter the battle you are fighting in your life, the Bible says two are better than one. If you are people fighting with you, there is no problem. There is a problem when you fight alone. That's about the one thing that is alone. So the second instruction was what killed right? What the first, not the first one. He says, set him at the hottest part of the battle. All of you withdraw from him and leave him alone. And Uriah died truly because they withdrew. Because that's the way it works. When brethren are away from you, there is a problem. That is why all the armors have said, all the armors that all the armors listed in Ephesians chapter 6, all of them are at the front. There's nothing at your back. The breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the shield of the kind of shield they are talking about. It's not this one, it's one that will cover your this place. The belt of truth, this kind of shield belt at the front. Everything is at the front. There's nothing at the back. So you need to watch who is at your back. Who are your brethren? Who are the people praying with you? When they treated the apostles, they went to their own company. You must have a company. Some battles, your prayer alone will not do it. You will need some people to pray with you. It's very important. And who you call your brethren, very important. Because your anointing can destroy any opposition, but your anointing is not against your brethren. That was why when they came to arrest Samson, he was on Mount, Mount Etan or so, when he went to destroy the field of Philistine and they wanted to catch him, they came and they invaded Israel. And Israel said, what did we do? He said, Samson, Samson. He burnt and we have to, and they said, okay, wait, wait. So they went to Samson. Why did you burn their field? He said, well, they cheated, they cheated me, took my wife away, so I did it. They said, we are in trouble. They come to say, okay, we are going to give you to them. Look at what Samson said. He understood what I just shared with you now. He told his brother, he said, swear that you guys won't kill me yourself. He said, just bind me and give me to them. Ah, they said, ah, ah, we can't kill you now. We will bind you. Why was he saying they should not kill him? He understood. Every time the Philistines roared at him, the anointing will rise. But the anointing will do rise against his brother. That was what Delilah capitalized upon. And that is why if you are a mighty man, it will weigh off all forces. But the closest people to you are not anointed against them. So if a man is the most anointed man or not, it does not mean he can speak a word and enemies can die, things can happen. His wife can insult him and nothing will happen. You understand? So he can't be angry with his wife and say that, I command you. <laughs> she will leave the following day to annoy him more. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. How you get what I'm saying? It's very important to know. So Samson understood. So he said, guys, let's have a deal. Just swear. Because in those days, they didn't joke. Oh, it's not like now. They will just swear and they are lying. <laughs> you, you will try there, you will die. So nobody will. So he said, just so he said, okay, okay, we swear by Jehovah. We won't touch you. We will just bind you and give it to you. He said, is that the case? I have no problem. So they bound him and they were taking him and he was going. He was helpless. And the Philistine, those stupid guys, they made a mistake. When they saw him, maybe because they saw him tied, they shouted, mistake. 
Shouting against something will cause what was inside them to rise. So when they saw him being bound, they shouted. The Bible said the thing became like, the chain just fell off. And the guy looked for one jawbone of an ass. And he finished 1,000 men with jawbone. You know, when if he just dropped the jawbone and he started singing, he said, one jawbone, I slew them. A man took a jaw. He killed one, two, three, four, five, now around 20. And you were saying, he, I'm here. Like you see, you know, from the back, I'll just start going up. <laughs> Wisdom is profitable to direct. I mean, it's, very, it's very simple. Uriah was a mighty man by faithfulness. The same thing. There's a call on all of us. Stop doing things that are convenient. Don't attend meetings because they are convenient. You are a soldier. Don't give what is convenient. Don't pray when it is convenient. Set a time to pray and stick to that time. You start growing by yourself spiritually. This is very important. Honestly speaking, the church or now should get to a point where if there is an announcement that we are going to preach somewhere, everybody will partake. If there's an announcement that there's nothing we announce that we are constructing, we are building, we are moving out, without talking, pressurizing anybody, one announcement, everybody responds. Because everybody lives outside, they go home and they're asking God, Lord, the church is moving. What do I do? What do you want me? What's my portion? What should I give? What should I do? And then everybody joins a unit. You ask God, which unit do you want me to function? When you come to a church, those are the questions you ask God. Do you want me to be part of any unit? If he says for now, don't be part of any unit. Now, you know that. This is why you are not part of any unit. The Lord told you that for now, you should wait. It should be about what the Lord has said, not about what we want to do and what is convenient or what is not convenient. From when I left secondary school, I started going around to preach under the rain. And I'm still like that. Many of you know, I've come for your naming before under the rain and I don't use umbrella. Many these guys have tried many times to give me, I don't, I don't like umbrella. And I told them one day, it's because we have been brought up. I think the gospel, if I sit down and lose my sleep over a killing in Benway, especially any kind of killing, whether Christian or not, but when Christians are involved, it pains me more. I cannot because here we drive around freely and every time. I don't think about that brother in other places. The Bible says if one part suffers, all, all of all the parts. This is important. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Kingdom. That's what you live for. That's what you live for. Oh, dear Lord Jesus. Jesus is calling for men like this to rise. In offices. In places. Absolute dedication to the cause of Jesus on earth. Even you, you know that when the trumpet sounds, they will applaud you in heaven. People say, when the same go, my oh Lord, I want to be. It shouldn't be a song or a wish. It's to find out what the saints are doing and do the same thing. Hallelujah. I heard of a saint on the day of his execution as they were taking him to be killed. One of the people shouting and falling, one of the mob was not wearing shoes. Just to say, can I have a mini place? And he removed his shoe and he gave the person. And the soldiers couldn't take it anymore. They were shocked. That a man to be killed still remember somebody had no shoes and gave the person. Yeah. Oh, this is when my heart will go to people like Mother Teresa. Those who live their life just to help others and see them move forward. They have found out that there is vanity in the world. 
And anything we are giving, God is not against you enjoying anything he has given you. But our enjoyment is really defined by how we share with other people. That's the truth. And the more you expand, the more. That is actually the reason why, that is why at times, that's why at times, it will tell you to give so that you are not attached to it. Yes, it can tell you. Confession of a preacher is very powerful. My confession has remained. Whatever we possess and I cannot share at the command of the Lord. In Jesus' name, may I not have it. Any house I leave and prayer becomes a burden. If I die, get it, may the Lord not let me get it. My faith is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. A dressing that I'm conscious so I can't kneel down and worship again. May I never have it. And this is how kingdom people should talk. So anything that brings my way, I am not attached to it. Are you following me? This is very important. He wants to build people like this in these last days. We need Christians like this. Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.